everybody, Ray Lucchese here with Matt Lieb. Welcome to the next episode of Greybeards on Storage podcast, a show where we get Greybeard <clears throat> storage bloggers to talk with system vendors to discuss upcoming products, technologies, and trends affecting the data centers today. This Greybeard on Storage episode was recorded on December 12, 2019. We have with us here today, Sai Ed Azam Ali, VP of CenterStack Customer Success. So, Azam, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and CenterStack? Thank you, Ray. Thank you, Matt, for inviting me to this podcast. Um, I am the VP of Customer Success at CenterStack. What we do is basically we provide a cloud file sharing solution like Dropbox. And also, you know, the most important use case that we solve or the pain point that we resolve for customers is uh, allowing them to provide remote access to their on-prem data over the internet without a VPN. A lot of enterprises are looking to provide easy access to their users without users connecting via VPN into their internal network before they can access the data that they need. And we also provide cloud backup. Uh, you know, we integrate with Active Directory natively if there's a need to basically do Dropbox alternative type solution to make sure everything is centralized and uh, IT has full control over the data instead of giving control to companies like Dropbox or ShareFile, Citrix, ShareFile and stuff. This way we provide a medium for them to keep the data under full control. That's right. And also have some security around the data. Well, it's interesting that you indicated that you can do this without VPN. It's, do you still provide security for the, I'm not exactly certain what the terminology is, the, the connection? Basically, uh, it will be over a secure access point. That's right. So on, you will deploy center stack on a clean virtual server in your network. Uh, All we do, basically, it's a, um, it's a gateway to your on-prem data. I see. And then users have the ability to access it as long as they have internet access, they have access to the files that they need. Huh. And, you know, I've had problems where I've been on uh, different corporate offices where uh, accessing certain uh, websites were a problem, but you wouldn't need that in this. Yeah, I would have to use VPN in those environments. For CenterStack, you don't need to use that sort of solution. You don't need to have any VPN connection into the network. As long as you have internet access, you have access to the files. That's right. We have clients for Windows. We have client, Mac client. We have mobile applications. That's right for iOS devices and Android devices and stuff. And it's almost uh, it's, it's it's Dropbox-like functionality. So I can I can update the file on my Mac uh, laptop, for instance. It'll show up in the uh, corporate data center as updated, and it will also be deployed down to any location that's synced with that. Is that how it would work? That is correct. Well, you know, whenever a user makes a change on a file, it will be synced. The changes will sync to the central location and all the other users will see the most up-to-date copy. If companies have a lot of branch locations, they can use our file server agent technology where you can deploy that on a local machine in that local branch on a local file server, for example, and act uh, that will act as a cache appliance. No need to purchase hardware appliances or other infrastructure. All they need is a local file server, or if they have less than 10 employees, they can even use Windows 10 and convert that into a cache appliance and sync the folders that that location needs for those employees in that location. 
and our software agent will basically keep the changes in sync in both places. Does it do versioning? Yes, we have versioning enabled by default. That's right. So versioning is very important because if you a folder gets attacked by ransomware, you as a company can really go back to a previous version right away, right before the attack. Huh. And because this is a, 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 I'll say a corporate deployed service, it doesn't uh, require cloud structure, infrastructure or anything like that to be uh, added to it? Is that how this would work? There's no cloud infrastructure required. That's right. So if you have a data center and you want to keep everything on-prem, this is you deploy center stack on a clean virtual machine in your own data center and then you have to install the SSL certificate, get the public DNS name, uh, do the net rule, that's right, the firewall rule and stuff, and that's about it. All we need is uh, uh, 443 inbound on the firewall to be open. God, you need to support Macs. That's the first thing I'll have to say. Uh, Windows 10 is great, but it's, uh, you know, being a non-Windows user, it's a problem for the gateway. Oh, for the gateway. Well, I had, uh, we talked to a co uh, client a while back that supported uh, actually hardware you put on, uh, it was a like a Linux drive and stuff like that. And you were offer, it offered uh, sort of file sync and share, but it was sitting on your desk or something like that for a desktop right. environment. Hmm. This is a bit more uh, sophisticated than it ever was, I would have to say. Yeah, we have Linux client on the roadmap that we will be releasing, hopefully, you know, sometime in the future. I don't know when, but if users are using Linux, then they will get the drive, map drive on their Linux machines too. Right now, if they want to use Linux, they can go to a use a browser, log in using the AD credentials, and they will see all the folders they have access to. Right. So it, it supports uh, SMB file servers as well as NFS file servers? That is correct, yes. And there's really no, um, I mean, is there, are, <laughs> you know, the question is, is just probably a dozen file servers that I can name off the top of my uh, <laughs> tongue. Uh, you support any file server because it's NFS or, or, or SMB? Access? Yeah, as long as it can be accessed over SMB, that's right, or NFS, we support. Yeah. We even support data that's on NAS devices, for example. You know, as long as it's a SIF uh, folder share, you can use a Windows 10 machine, connect to uh, that NAS folder, and then you can attach that uh, NAS folder to the center stack. There's a, there's a whole bunch in the... In the um the uh, high performance computing space, uh, special purpose uh, file servers and stuff like that, some of which are not NFS and stuff. You don't have any support for any of those guys, right? Not right now. Huh. Well, this is very interesting. Is there any limitation to the amount of storage that, that uh, you would uh, uh, sync and share, I guess? I mean, there's basically the storage is not required on the server center stack server itself basically the backend storage is the file server shares there's no limit you can have terabytes of data as you know all we are doing is connecting to your folders on the file server and publishing them as team folders so you are not really copying the data anywhere the data is staying on your file servers Metadata is in your control. We are not taking the metadata because center stack server is going to be in on the center stack server or in the database, basically. That's right. 
So it's not like some other solutions where they take the user metadata in their control plane in the cloud. In this case, even metadata is staying uh, in your own private cloud. So you don't actually replicate the metadata for the NAS servers or the file systems that, that, that are under sync and share on the gateway storage per se or anything like that? Uh, no, and no. Yeah. So you mentioned the database and that sort of stuff. Does it does it does it have an internal data structure? I must have something database wise and that sort of stuff. That is correct. We basically, you know, when you use our installer, you can uh, you choose the MySQL database, which comes with the installer, or you can connect to any external database. We support MySQL and SQL right now. Right, right, for your, your internal structures and stuff like that. So you, somewhere in there you mentioned cloud backup and that sort of stuff. How does that, how does that work in this environment? So basically, if you have companies who want to copy the file server shares or, you know, allow users to copy, for example, my documents folder or videos or pictures from their phone, from their, on their phones, to a storage repository in the cloud, like AWS S3 or Azure Blob Container, we allow that. That's right, you can enable the cloud backup feature and that will allow you to basically take those file server shares that you have on premise uh, and copy them into, uh, for example, Azure Blob or Wasabi storage, along with all the permissions. So our cloud backup is different than other cloud backups. The other cloud backup solutions are like raw backups. That's right. What When we are making cloud backups, we are also taking the permissions and the folder structure and backing that up into the cloud. So it's very easy when you want to restore, you are restoring from the cloud to your on-prem file server, and, and you know, the data as well as the permissions. You can even go very granular and go into a subfolder and restore subfolder to your local file server or even restore to a, a restore a file file for a user so in this environment let's say i had multiple corporate data centers i would have a center stack i'll call it virtual machine gateway running in each of them you don't have to you just need one center stack server and then the data center you know if they have the file servers in two both locations center stack will connect can connect to both Oh. Yeah, I, I guess it depends on, on how traditionally diverse your data sets work. So if you needed to have two separate file servers for two separate locations, then, then it might make sense to put center stack in both. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I guess there's different hub and spoke kind of models that, that, that could be uh, deployed here. Uh, one of which is, like you say, uh, one central, central data center where every, all the satellite data centers connect to. For information yes we have file share synchronization that's right so it's very easy to basically sync the shares for to the branch locations mm -hmm. and that will simplify collaboration among branch locations that's right they the users in those locations don't have to travel all the way back to the central file server mm -hmm. they might not have a good internet connection back to the data Oh, so they could actually be sort of disconnected for a while, like my laptop when I'm out of internet access. Um, so for that, you have to enable uh, offline access. We have offline access, which you as a user can enable it yourself from your cloud drive, 
or uh, the admin can enable an offline for uh, you know enable offline access for like road warriors who are always on the road they might be in a plane they need access to the files in a folder they you know they can add if they enable offline access then they will have access to the data in that folder even in a plane uh, without a wi-fi they can make changes as soon as they get off the uh, plane get the wi-fi back the changes will sync to the central location they can even attach a local folder from their local machine. That's right. And then when they are in the office, they can continue working on that local folder uh, on the C drive. But when they are away from the office, they will be able to access it from the cloud, from internet, basically. So it's, it's kind of like a Dropbox on steroids. Yeah, I would say, you know, from a Dropbox perspective, it's, it provides offline access to specific folders or, or files that you designate and that sort of stuff uh, almost on, on, on uh, as a as a normal default I'm not sure I've ever seen just online access to to Dropbox but so explain what uh, non-offline access would actually look like if I was sitting here on my desktop and I'm I've got uh, access to a folder on uh, some corporate headquarters in Chicago and I'm here in Denver uh, I would open the uh, you know, just access a file like I would normally do. But in this case, um, CentraStack is, is going to bring that file uh, to me in, in real time. Is that how it works? In real time. Basically, for example, you are on your, you know, you open a browser on your laptop, you type in the URL, that's right, the secure URL, and then you'll be presented with a login uh, page. You will put your credentials. As soon as you put your credentials in, you will be, you know, they, they will display all the folders that you have access to. And mm -hmm. if you are using iPhone, for example, again, you will download the cloud application. That's right, Center Stack Cloud for iOS. And then you'll put the access point, you'll log in, and you'll see all the folders you have access mm -hmm. to. Yeah, so, so on a Mac, for instance, when I after I've done the login and that sort of stuff, does the and I'm not sure what, what what does the cloud the center stack cloud storage device appear on my uh, desktop at that point? Finder or? in the Finder you'll see the center stack cloud drive. Oh okay, so it's just yeah. you got another external drive from that perspective. That's right, and then in the and you know on the top you'll see the cloud icon. And, and all it needs yeah. are Active Directory credentials. And the security, uh, and I imagine it supports two-factor authentication as well. Yes, we have our own built-in two-factor authentication, which you can enable for all the users. That's right. In which case, they have to use the Microsoft Authenticator or Google Authenticator besides, you know, they have to put in the code besides right. their AD credentials. One important feature we have is on-demand sync. So a lot of... A lot of solutions out there, they do a full sync down of all the data to fill up the user's hard drive. With our solution, we will display all the folders users have access to on, for example, in their cloud drive, but nothing is downloaded to their C drive. Once they go into a folder and double click on a file, that's when that file will be downloaded to a local cache folder, which is hidden from the users. So for next time they need to access, and that location is there for active data you as an admin can define the size of that folder or you can disable it completely that's right the yeah. cache the hidden cache folder sitting on the desktop some on the desktop somewhere 
for faster access. So next time if user needs to access the same file, that's right, if they are work, they don't have to travel all the way back. They will be, be accessing it from that local cache folder and then our engine, client engine, will pick up the changes and sync to the source. And if somebody else is accessing the same file, does that present um, you know, a lockout situation or something like yeah. that? We have distributed file locking feature enabled by default. If one user has a file open, he will place a lock on the file. And if another user tries to open the same file, they will be, they will be displayed. They will get a message basically, you know, user one has the file open editing. You can have a read only copy. Right, right, right. And that happens regardless of where you're accessing that file from. So I could be sitting on in Denver accessing a file in, in corporate Chicago and somebody in New York could try to access it at the same time or, or, or sometime later and he would see the lock at that point. That is correct. That is correct. Uh-huh. And and, and the, the, the you you mentioned that the cache file, the hidden cache file sitting on the on the on the person's uh, desktop, for instance, is configurable in uh, in uh, in like terabytes or number of files or no, no. Basically, you define the size. That's right. You can say, okay, only use ten gigabyte of the hard disk space or one gigabyte. That's right. After if it fills up, our software will automatically clean the old files to make a space for the new ones. You as a user don't have to do anything. It's all automated. And God forbid if the user would open, you know, let's say his, his configuration is 10 gigabytes. If he opens 20 gigabytes of files in one instance and starts editing all of them, he'd get some sort of an error message or? Error or it, message. It would, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, Azam, how is this licensed? It's licensed uh, per, uh, based on user. It's user-based licensing. If uh, you know a user can use ten different devices, but it will only consume one license. And, and, and can a user have, let's say, you know, I'm a, I'm a, you know, a consultant. I work with a number of corporations. If it's, you know, potentially all of them could have CentraStack shared file structures and that sort of stuff. Could I have access to all of them from my? desktop? I mean, presumably one at a time, right? I mean, I would be working with corporate A, corporate B, and then corporate C, you know, over, over the course of uh, many months or something like that. Yeah, I mean, if they give you access, if you have access, you will be able to access the files. Yeah. I mean, we have customers who have some data, let's say in Azure, that's right, or in AWS. And also, they have, they have hybrid environments. They have some data in Azure, in cloud, or there, and some on on-prem. So we present that data to the users in their map drive too, or in a browser. So they will see the on-prem folders as well as folders in the uh, Azure container or S3 buckets. And they can perform all the operations, that's right. They can share the files, they can share a folder. This is also very easy, you know, for if you have to share a large folder, you cannot really send it, uh, send in an email. That's right. Like some other solutions, you can just send a secure link. Yeah. So when I first came up on one of these services, you know, moving the terabyte of data across uh, uh, you know, a home oriented internet took, took days to, to move all that data. So you're saying that if I had the stuff sitting on the cloud someplace, I could just show. I could just provide a uh, a secure link to it. Yeah, you can just provide a secure link to it. That's right. So, um, actually, Ray, you brought up an interesting point. What about seeding large portions of data? If you're a, 
an organization? Can you copy, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, a half petabyte onto a, uh, I don't know, like a, an Amazon Snowball type device? You can, that's right. It's your own S3 account or a Snowball. You should be able to. You will have to send, I guess they send you some sort of a device where you can copy the data and send it back to them. All we do is basically, yeah. In that case, you would have an S3 object storage with that half a petabyte. Now, accessing it through center stack would take another step of some type, right? That is correct. You have to basically... You know, we have a concept of team folders. Basically, you know, you will create a team folder and instead of connecting to your file server, share, you will choose cloud storage. And in the cloud storage, you have all these options where you can connect to AWS S3 bucket, that's right, Azure Blob container, Wasabi storage, or you can even connect to SharePoint data. We allow integration with SharePoint too. So if you have folders already in SharePoint data in SharePoint, you can present that to the users too in a map drive or in the browser. So it's like centralized access for all the data that's out there, whether it's in the store, cloud or on-prem. Before you go on, so does that include Exchange mailboxes and that sort of stuff? No, no, not Exchange. exchange. <laughs> you mentioned SharePoint, so Exchange would be you're, the next logical step in my yeah, mind. You're asking a lot there, Ray. Yeah, I guess. I uh, am I dating myself here? Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Theoretically. Well, what about OneDrive? Uh, OneDrive, yeah, can be integrated as well. So essentially, it's a customer-owned sync and share service that can be deployed on-prem, can also make use of cloud storage as well. Is that... Do you... Do you supply any sort of uh, uh, replication sort of capabilities where you would replicate, you know, data from one gateway to another gateway that would might be used as a disaster recovery site? Yeah, basically, you know, you a lot of companies, what enterprises, what they are doing using our solution, they are copying the data that they have on-prem into cloud storage as a backup. As as a backup for disaster recovery and business continuity. If, for example, if they, are, they lose access to their on-prem data center, users will never have any downtime. They'll be able to access the files directly from the cloud. There's a question about the applications running with the data, but that, that, that's accessing the data is, is probably the most critical step. I agree with that. So Yeah. 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 And, uh. Then, uh, and then a, uh, is it possible to set up a replication, and it's probably outside Center Stack's purview, from a uh, an Azure block to say or uh, a Wasabi S3 block. Now, what we allow basically, if you have data in the cloud, for example, and you want to bring a copy down to a local file server, that's right. We provide file server agent which you can use. So if you have data in the cloud and you want in a location, you basically create a new file server and you want to bring the data down, all you have to do is use our file server agent software and that will allow you to copy the data back down mm -hmm. if you want to have a local copy. Right, right, right. And then um, you have some sort of WAN optimization software to make sure that you're, you know, utilizing the internet you know, wisely and that sort of stuff or... No, no, not right now. Usually, internet is getting fast every day, so 
latency is really, you know, going out the picture right now. But you know, for you know, locations which have bad internet connections, you, they can use file server agent as a cache appliance. That's right. You mentioned Wasabi a number of times. Is Wasabi becoming a popular cloud storage uh, target? The reason is the cost. It's, it's the cost. It's not as good as AWS or Azure. That's right. But economics, it's one-fifth the cost of AWS. So a lot of times if you, you know, it depends. If you are already a AWS shop or Azure shop, that's right. Most likely you're going to stay with AWS. I'm talking about small businesses who can't right. really afford AWS. Then they, you know, they go with Wasabi. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, of, of businesses, about how many, I, I'm not sure what the right term, let's say how many gateways do you have you currently deployed? We have millions of users using it all around the world. You know, we have a lot of businesses, a lot of partners, that's right. And it's a multi-tenant solution. So we have a lot of MSPs who have deployed this and you can they can create unlimited uh, number of uh, tenants from a single console. Mm. Mm. And then we have, they can integrate into their customers on prem Active Directory and file servers, that's right. And, and so this would be, it's a software-owned solution, so I can effectively download the CenterStack gateway software and deploy it on my environment. And once I pay for the licenses, I can enable users to access the data. Is that how it works? That's correct. That is correct. Yeah. If you are an MSP, for example, that's right, you can deploy CenterStack in your data center, that's right, and you can offer your own fully branded white label cloud file sharing services to your customers. And then if you there's a need to retire the customers on-prem file servers, they can, you know, you can move the data along with all the permissions to the cloud storage or the storage that you have and then retire their on-prem file servers if they want to get small businesses, that's right. They don't have the resources to manage the on-prem infrastructure. You as an MSV, your goal is to basically take over their data, take over their IT. So this, you know, this can be, uh, you know, you can use CenterStack for that. And then you provide like 7 by 24 support. Is that is that part of the license agreement or is it is it something that they would purchase on top of that? Or uh, You'll pay 15% additional per user to get the premium 24-7 support and you can limit open unlimited number of cases in our support system, that's right. Do you have any sort of, um, I'm not exactly certain what the terminology is, but trialability so I could bring it down and, and load up like, you know, maybe a, a half a, a terabyte of storage and, and try it out to see if it works? Yeah, uh, it, uh, you get 30 day free trial. You can try 30 days free trial, yeah. And a limited number of users for that, I would assume. No, 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 unlimited number of users. Really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's even better. Oh gosh. I use I use file sync and share all the time. I mean I've got I've got data sitting on my iPad, I've got data on my laptop, I got data on my desktop, I've got data in the cloud. I, I, I use I use these sorts of services all the time. I guess the question is so it's it's licensed on a per user basis. That's interesting because everybody else, you know, I would say, the big guys are all licensed on a per storage capacity as well as user basis, right? Matt, isn't yeah, that the case? Yeah, I mean, it, we have a SaaS offering too. That's right. If you are a small business and you want to have a copy of the data in the cloud, 
we have a SaaS offering which we host in AWS data centers. That's mm -hmm. right, which comes with the storage. So you have to sign up for a minimum of, for example, 10 licenses and you get one terabyte of S3 storage. That can be shared across those 10 users, regardless of the number of um, endpoints they have. I mean, like iPads, iPhones, laptops, desktops. So it's anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's user-based license, uh, licensing, that's right. It, it, it falls under two different categories, right? The first is all these cows that, that you buy from center staff. But in addition to that, you've got this, this whole concept of how much storage you're consuming on AWS or, or, or on whatever provider you're using. So you're actually paying not just for the client access license, but you're, pay, you're paying Amazon for their storage as well. Is that a correct statement? In that case, if you want to go, you know, copy the data into the cloud storage also. If you want to keep everything on the, in your local environment, then mm -hmm. you are not paying for the storage. And the other thing that's interesting here, and, I, <laughs> and I'm not sure exactly how to say this, is that you're sort of uh, passive to any of the file services that are out there. A lot of the, uh, you know, on-prem sync and share services, you pretty much deploy their complete storage system uh, and it, it supports NFS or, or SMB file shares and that sort of stuff, but you're actually storing your data on their, their backend storage. We are a storage agnostic. We don't care as long as it's a SIF share accessible over SMB, NFS, we can, you, you know, you can access right, it right. without a VPN. And it's seamless, which I think is, is really compelling. Uh, the, the user doesn't know or doesn't actually have mm. to care. Mm. Where the files actually physically reside. Exactly. Yeah, for users, it's like they are accessing from their local machine, you know, because of the on-demand sync feature. And then uh, for, let's say, a corporate NAS box or something like that, if I'm accessing the data in the corporation, it's going directly from a server to the NAS box. You're not anywhere um, plugged into that data path. No, maybe are basically going to be connecting to your file and, server. As another right. you know, connection to that server. So if, if I update a file, let's say from a corporate, you know, corporate server, um, how do you get notification that the file has changed so that it could be synced to, let's say any users that are that, are, that uh, have copies of it? offline for instance basically it and always sync that as soon as a change is made to a file it will sync those changes that's right so the next mm -hmm. time user opens that file they'll see the up, updated copy yeah as I'm, i guess the question is how do you get notification that a, you know a data center could potentially have let's say a million files right here I am a, a data center user i i go update file x or something like that how do you know it's been updated I mean, you can subscribe to notifications. As a user, you can subscribe to... So the gateway effectively is subscribing to notifications of the NAS server that files have been changed. Is that how this works? My concern is you're not in the data path from a, from a corporate perspective. So you're sitting there passively on behind the, let's say, or in, in, in parallel to the data center accessing these files that have, been, that have been changed and allowing them to be synced and that sort of stuff. That's the key thing. As long as you are using our clients, if you are making changes to the files, that's right. Oh, so, so anybody in the corporation that, 
wants to access center stack well yeah it's still do we do we have to use the client software in the corporation where we have direct access to the nas files or not uh, you will be accessing the nas files through a share on a windows machine that's right you yeah directly you can there's a group policy setting that you can enable which will even if you access the share directly it will and you know our file locking will work we have many granular group policies of our own that you as an admin can can uh, you know configure to basically configure the environment based on your needs and requirements yeah so um is there like a a, a i hesitate to say an operating council for the uh, the center stack gateway that tells you kind of how it's being used and that sort of stuff or how many files shares are being uh, deployed and that file share file syncs yeah, yeah we have yeah basically we have a console it's, it's a centralized management console that you can go in and monitor everything we have auditing and reporting built in you can look at the audit reports on what's happening on the data who's sharing the data externally to whom and then you can also look at file change log to see who has deleted the folder by mistake. That's right. Basically, even if a user deletes a file or a folder, it's a deletion marker. The file or folder never gets deleted from the backend storage until it hits the retention policy that you have defined. So users can always go back and uh, do, you know, go back and restore. And that, and that works for any of the users accessing the data via your your uh, your client or, or, or gateway service. Yeah, yeah, on a browser. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's right. But, I mean, yeah. if I was accessing the data directly from the from the corporation, I could delete and do all this stuff, and, and you would, your logging and, 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 and that sort of stuff would not necessarily be active for that. Well, gosh, this has been great. Azam, is there anything you'd like to say to our listening audience before we go off? Yeah, I would say that you know, they should take a look at Center Stack. It's, uh, you know, it's, uh, I, I say this, this is like the best kept secret. They have, uh, you know, it's very feature rich. It's enterprise ready. And uh, it's just, you know, it's not known out there. So I think it has a use case, especially the direct access use case for a lot of enterprises who want to keep the data under full control and they want to have security around the data and still provide the flexibility for the users to access mm -hmm. it on any device over the internet without a VPN. And also, yeah, that's it. No, for business continuity and disaster recovery also, they we have the backup, that's right. So they can have a copy of the data away from their data center in case of a, of a disaster, if their data center completely goes down or the file server completely dies, all they have to do is spin up a new a virtual machine and convert it into a file server, use our file server agent software and copy the data back down. Well, this has been great. Thank you very much, Ozam, for being on our show today. Thank you for inviting me, guys. Next time, we will talk to another system storage technology person. Any questions you want us to ask, please let us know. And if you enjoy our podcast, tell your friends about it. And please review us on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, as this will get us, as this will help get the word out. That's it for now. Bye, Matt. Goodbye, Ray. And bye, Azam. Goodbye, Ray. Until next time.